0: not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin.
1: This is Dr. Dan. There are several ways to implement a total change in a country's governance. Sudden change by revolution while often effective, destroys the infrastructure and causes suffering and death among the population. Much more effective is a gradual change from within, that is, creating a low-key insurgency. Socialists are patient and understand the effectiveness of influencing vulnerable citizens to believe in the necessity of collective change. Taught well by Saul Alinsky in his book, Rules for Radicals, American collectivists became adept at using a real or manufactured crisis to create fear in the general population. A complicit media promotes the big lie using fake science and dire predictions, forcing the sheeple to believe that only government intervention will save them. It's all about eliminating the constitutional protection of our natural law rights as outlined in the Bill of Rights. The most devastating and destructive attack on the Constitution began when lawyers got involved as promoters of the American progressive movement. Their power is derived from corruption of the federal court system and especially the Supreme Court. The Constitution is a written contract between 13 original states that created the federal government, which is not a party to the agreement. Words do have meaning, and the best way to understand the Constitution, what it means, is to use a dictionary written in 1790 the expansion of federal power has been facilitated by a corrupt Supreme Court that makes decisions that are contrary to the very clear meaning of the words of the Constitution. These judicial decisions are often based on prior judicial rulings rather than going back to the source source document itself, which is the Constitution. To me, a contract is a contract. When lawyers deal with auto loans and business contracts, everything depends on the exact wording of the document. Liberal lawyers, however, bring politically motivated suits about anything they want and then defend the Supreme Court decisions that are based on precedent rather than the words of the Constitution, which is the contract on which our federal government was formed. We are now living in a tyranny of lawyers and the federal court system. They have succeeded in eliminating many of the protections our founders guaranteed to us in the Constitution. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity to decide who those judges might be, it is our duty to evaluate them closely, to be sure we are dealing with judges who will uphold the words of the Constitution. After this commercial break, we will return with my guest on Freedom Forum Radio, Paul Vallone. Paul is the founder and president of Grassroots North Carolina, otherwise known as GRNC. GRNC is one of the most powerful advocates for the Second Amendment in America. This is Dr. Dan, and we are back with my guest, Paul Vallone the founder and president of Grassroots North Carolina. And before I forget, their website is grnc.org. Go to it, join up, and contribute to help their efforts to defend our most important individual right, the Second Amendment right to self-protection. Paul Vallone, you have been a guest on our program in the past, so welcome back to Freedom Forum Radio.
2: Well, thank you, Dr. Dance, for having me back.
1: Listen, Paul, you know that protection of the Second Amendment seems like a constant legal battle in courts at all levels. We have had some major victories, of course, but it seems that the collectivists just never stop. You and GRNC are a major player in these legal battles. But before we get into talking about the battles that we are uh, fighting, I understand that you have a new book that you've written, and I think that subject matter is extremely important. And I know my my listeners would really like to hear about it.
2: Well, thank you. You know, you mentioned Sololinsky and Rules for Radicals in your introduction, and uh, that was a uh, uh, very prescient of you because, essentially, Sololinsky's book has been the guidebook for the left for at least two generations, and has contributed to what they have called the long march. the institutions, namely the multi-generational effort to take over our cultural institutions, our media, and our schools. And by the judging the current environment, it looks like they're succeeding. So I I've spent 28 years of political activism in defending the Second Amendment and civil liberties. And so I set about writing a book that allows the average citizen It gives them the tools and tactics necessary to defend themselves against the left in daily life. Uh, So part one of the book is aimed at concerned citizens, mainstream Americans, who just want to become a little bit uh, more aware of how they can defend against the left in daily life. Uh, As their teachers try and indoctrinate their children, as their neighbor uh, claims that their American flag is offensive, whatever it happens to be, this gives you the tools and tactics necessary to deal with that. Part two of the book is uh, for people who want to become a little bit more involved and to join grassroots organizations and to try and begin passing or defeating legislation, uh, corporations that have become woke, whatever it happens to be. Part three of the book is for someone who is now in it for the long haul, and it uh, tells them how to create grassroots organizations, how to lead them, how to create political action committees, nonprofit organizations, and uh, essentially work, uh, become more effective at defending our civil liberties. The book is called Rules for Anti-Radicals, a a practical handbook for defeating leftism. And uh, if someone wants it, they can find it at rulesforantiradicals.com.
1: Well, you know, uh, Paul, this is, it's kind of interesting that you should write this book It really is extremely timely. Uh, It brings to mind The Naked Communist, written by Skousen in 1958. Uh, And really it speaks to the fact that the communist movement, the American progressive movement is a better way of of naming it, has been active (laughs) for about the last hundred years. And their goal was very simple. If we can't defeat you by dropping a bomb on you, we are going to defeat you from within. And that's exactly what they've been doing. There were three main thrusts of, of the Communist Party, and that was to, to destroy the American family through uh, women's rights and easy divorce, to destroy uh, American morals, uh, by the by sexual deviation uh, and uh, promiscuity and to destroy the American economy using the bu- bureaucracies of government, uh, the, the uh, Endangered Species Act, the Environmental Protection Act, and that was their goal. And as you know, they've really been very, very successful. Almost all of those 45 goals uh, established and written about in 58 have been achieved. <clears throat>
2: Uh, unfortunately, I would have to agree with you. And so at this point, um, we're basically trying to activate conservatives. And uh, see, most people don't understand that most people are well-meaning, and they presume that if their if their uh, idea and their goals are honorable and right, that they will win the fight. And unfortunately, that's not true. Um, as a mentor of mine once put it, politics works. It just doesn't work the way you think it does
1: well you know you've you've really raised a very important point see most conservatives are are very happy just sitting back and enjoying life enjoying the benefits that have been created by our incredible country our constitution and the like what they don't realize and refuse to accept is that the enemies of our constitution are completely and totally immoral um, and so uh, it's really a hard, it's a disconnect here. We are expe- behaving morally and we're dealing with people that are total thugs. They are morally, mm-hmm. morally uh, despicable, to say the least.
2: Well, it's, you know, you're, what you are saying, exactly what I tell people in legislative tactics seminars, namely that you are ill prepared for this fight precisely because you are honest. The other side is not honest. The other side will, you know, prevaricate, they'll do anything necessary to gain power. And that's what the left is all about, uh, gaining complete and total control over you, the average citizen.
1: So, I mean, that is really, Paul, that is one of the key things that we could probably get across to our colleagues, those of us who want to be in the trenches with us, who want to fight what's going on in our country, is you cannot do it. Unless you at some in some way adopt the techniques of the people that you are fighting,
2: very true, and uh, as a matter of fact, um the forward for my book uh, interestingly enough, was written by uh, Representative J. Adams of the North Carolina House and uh, who's been a longtime friend and actually was one of my original board members but um he wrote the uh, the, the forward for the book, and pretty much Finished it by saying some might be disturbed that um, Paul is using rules for radicals as a model, but the fact is he has taken Sololinsky's tactics and turned them ruthlessly against the left. And I think that's probably a very good, uh, you know, summary of what the book is really all about. Uh, basically, taking their tactics, using them against them. I mean, to the extent that one is morally. Uh, morally comfortable with doing it because there are certain tactics that obviously people just don't want to do but uh, but clearly we have to become far more tactical in defending our rights, and that's something that the average American just doesn't isn't aware of.
1: Well, we definitely have to be more active in doing that, but one of the problems is is that, as I'm sure you realize, we have lost two generations of our children to Saul Alinsky and Saul Alinskyites. Uh, they've been brainwashed, basically, as I'm sure you realize. Uh, and so the question really is, do you have any suggestions on how to reach these people, those people who are 20, 30, 40 years old, who really don't have a clue?
2: Um, what I'm really trying to do is I'm trying to equip mainstream Americans who still have mainstream values in order to defend themselves. And perhaps on public forums, that may ultimately sway somebody from the opposite side. But the fact is, if somebody is a devout leftist, um, one of the things I teach is that you are not going to, to change their minds. Uh, you are not going, you can only defeat them in the legislative arena or the public arena, and then perhaps in doing so, convince some people who are more centrist in nature.
1: You know, if you look at the electoral map of the United States, uh, what you basically see—and and I, and I certainly—I've—I've I've written about this numerous times at my website, Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. I've written about the fact that our country, our the United States, is a vast sea of red. If you look county by county, and then what you have is where there are high concentrations of people in in the big cities and the counties immediately surrounding them that's where yeah. the blue votes are located so we really have an enormous landmass filled with an enormous uh, with with people who believe in what you and I are talking about and those are the people that we really need to reach they may agree with us, but we have to make sure that they become active in believing, in, in acting as if they believe us and doing what we need done to take back the legislative process.
2: I, I couldn't agree more. Um, that's exactly right. To activate people, the, the vast majority of Americans who have mainstream values, and uh, to, by so doing, to, to defeat the left and their agenda. I mean, hopefully the 2022 elections will be an exercise in doing that. We'll cert- we certainly t- intend to be very, very active in those elections. And particularly, you mentioned, you know, the judicial elections and your, uh, your lead in We're going to be very, very active in those elections. I think there's some very interesting stuff going on in North Carolina. People have seen leftists in the judicial system um, basically overturn the will of voters with respect to political redistricting and with respect to voter ID laws. And so I'm hoping that we can activate our core constituency of mainstream Americans to defeat them in the 2022 elections and have an impact on the judicial system in North Carolina.
1: So that really takes uh, a knowledge of who, what judges are really going (laughs) to. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Most of the time you go to the polls and you see a bunch of names under judges, and you have absolutely no idea who they are or what they stand for. I mean, I think mm. we better we better remedy that, don't you think?
2: <laughs> well, yes, uh, I, I do. Absolutely. I mean, to a certain extent, the Republican legislature started to do that because the Democrats previously in control of the General Assembly had prohibited us from uh, prohibiting judges from identifying their political party. Uh, in theory, races were nonpartisan, but we all know that Nothing is nonpartisan. All that really allowed them to do was to hide their affiliation and to hide their views. So they did change that a few years back to uh, to add political party to the judges. Uh, call it truth and advertising, if you will. But what we've discovered over we use two political action committees: the GRNC Political Victory Fund and also a super PAC. We call the Judicial Fairness Project, and we use those to impact judicial elections and. It's not an easy process to evaluate judges, and consequently, I think there are a lot of, of gun voters and conservative Americans who just don't vote judicial races because they just don't know how you know the candidates and and how uh, where they stand.
1: So that so if that's the problem, how do we approach it?
2: Frankly, we have done a lot of interviews with. Uh, judges and judicial candidates. Uh, we just had actually an interesting forum last weekend uh, on April 9th. We had our Ring Steel for Freedom event, which is a steel plate uh, shooting match, but it also had a barbecue with a candidate, a candidate forum. And we had um, Congressman Ted Budd, who's of course running for the United States Senate, uh, and I think is odds on by far the most pro-Second Amendment, pro-constitutionalist, Uh, uh, candidate in the race for USN. We'll talk about that later if you want. And we also had Congressman Dan Bishop. And we had um, a number of judicial candidates, Um, candidates for the North Carolina Supreme Court, candidates for the North Carolina Court of Appeals. And so... We are trying to bring some transparency to this process so that people can understand who these what these judges who these judges are and what they stand for.
1: Well I would say to you, Paul Malone, let's not keep it a secret. Let's let's talk about <laughs> you know <laughs> talk about it. I mean so let's talk about these uh, judges. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. We have two seats open, seat number three and seat number five on the North Carolina uh Supreme Court that are uh, are up for re-election. Seat three is open. Seat five is occupied by a leftist, Sam Irvin the fourth. Okay, uh, longtime you know left-leaning Democrat. Now the interesting thing is that we've got you know in in one seat for seat three, it, our odds-on favorite is a guy named Judge Rich Richard Deets, uh, Judge Richard Deets, and uh, he's right now on the Court of Appeals and he's running for the North Carolina uh <clears throat> supreme court for c3 and uh, I know this individual personally. I've known him for many years. He is an originalist and a strong constitutionalist who favors the Second Amendment, and I strongly advocate that people vote for for Rich, uh, Richard Keats. Um, for seat five, we have an interesting primary going on. Well, we haven't decided which of these two candidates uh, for the Republican nomination we're supporting yet, uh, but they, uh, neither of them look bad. Actually, they both look pretty good. Uh, one is Trey Allen, who used to clerk for... Um, the uh, Chief Justice of the North Carolina Supreme Court, Paul Newby, and uh, the other is April Wood, who is also a uh, Court of Appeals judge. Um, either of these will face off against Sam Irvin. You see, what people under- need to understand is that what is at stake is control of the North Carolina Supreme Court. Right now, it's, it's a seven-member court, and right now Democrats control it four to three. We picked up a couple of seats in the last election, but not enough being control. And what that means to people is that when, oh, I don't know, um, when the Republicans they sent to the General Assembly uh, draw political districts for Congress, for example, the North Carolina Supreme Court overturned those districts, appointed, uh, appointed people to draw those districts themselves, and essentially cost us two conservative seats in Congress. So this stuff makes a difference. People don't realize that uh, that judicial you know elections will impact them that heavily, but I can assure you control of the North Carolina Supreme Court is crucial in the next election.
0: And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom.
1: Gonna be alright this morning.